You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football. And you've just crossed over into the Trend Zone. Dave here with Casey. And we are the football dudes. Are you ready, brother? Yes, sir. Next stop, the Trend Zone. It's Wednesday, February 22nd. We're coming at you from Los Angeles, California. It is a blustery, windy 51 degrees out there, Casey. Dave, do you think the people think we're dicks for always rubbing it in their face for our brutal Los Angeles winters? <laughs> I have a feeling there's some people that are uh, not too impressed with the blustery, windy 51. Um, but That's cold for us. I had to put on pants today. Couldn't wear shorts. It was quite chilly, actually. Okay. In today's episode, we'll talk about the coaching carousel, cranking out the last couple of head coaches and a ton of coordinators, the start of the XFL, a tagless start to the franchise tag period, and one last look at Super Bowl 57. But before all of that good stuff, Casey, get it started with the nug for the people. Yeah, I brought Nug, but apparently I didn't have enough because 113 million people watched Super Bowl 57. That's the third most watched Super Bowl ever. The most watched since Super Bowl 51 in 2017. And the all-time record continues to be held by Super Bowl 49, which racked up 114.5 million viewers on NBC. That was in 2015. (laughs) um, uh, As soon as the concert was done, I stood up and I said, that's it. I love Brianna. <laughs> you do love Brianna. And apparently 5 million other people love Brianna too because um, viewership went to 118 million during the halftime. Rihanna crushed it, in my opinion. She was great. Second most watched halftime show in the history of the Super Bowl. Katy Perry drew 120.7. Gaga, 117.5. But the all-time best Super Bowl halftime ever was done by Prince. If you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor and go back. That was the absolute best. But uh, Rihanna definitely crushed it this year and uh, pretty good. You know, a lot of these pop stars need an entourage or someone else to come out. Nope, she just went out there and slayed. So, bravo. Um, she, she was rad. All right, Casey. There were lots of good commercials, but one of them in particular <laughs> caught us off guard. Tubi, man, money well spent, bro, because we saw that. And I'm like, Dave, you sat on the freaking remote. And I don't <laughs> think I was the only one. There was a whole bunch of people around the country, too. I'm well done on Tubi. Um, a lot of times, if money is not well spent. I think uh, they did a good job with theirs. <laughs> Pretty clever, Tubi. You got me. All right. Casey, the Trend Zone now available for subscription. That is what we are listening to right now. It's just, it's available at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, also. Amazon Music's got us now, Casey. We're everywhere. Everywhere, baby. I love it. All right. We're moving on to the top trending stories, Casey. Uh, Derek Carr, no longer in the silver and black. Man, I'm sure he's had an emotional breakdown because of this. Oh, yeah, dude. Raiders being Raiders, man. They, uh, you know, they did car dirty at the end. So he returned the favor, avoiding the 40 million guaranteed just so he could pick where he wanted to go. He gets a jump on all the other free agents that don't start for a couple of weeks. So he's already yeah. talked to a couple of teams, but uh, there's going to be a new car in one of these uh, 31 other cities soon. <laughs> in somebody else's garage. I'll tell you what, Casey, he's not the biggest domino to fall, but one of these teams would be smart to figure out, hey, 
this is the, the right guy for us and we'll find the right number for him because Derek Carr, uh, you put a team around him, can certainly play at a very, very high level. And he's not by no means is he spent at this point and, in his career. Dude, I don't think he wants to necessarily break the bank. I think he wants to go to the right fit. Sure, he's not going to turn down money, but right. I don't think he's going to hold out for the biggest deal possible. So we'll see, though. All right, Case, let's move it on to the coaching carousel. Um, a couple of uh, new, the final two head coaches in this particular offseason uh, have been hired by the Colts and also the Cardinals. Yeah, the Eagles uh, keep losing after the Super Bowl. The Colts Yeesh. got Shane Steichen, their new head coach, who was the OC there for the Eagles. And Jonathan Gannon goes from the Birds to the Birds for the Birds. He's out there uh, with the Cardinals now. So I guess they like they saw the defensive plan in the Super Bowl, and they said, that's our guy. <laughs> and he's in ta- he's in charge of uh, Kyler Murray and the ACL recovery. Woo, that's oh. a tough job, I'll tell you what. All right, Casey, moving on to some coordinators. Ravens um, add an OC to the to the mix there. Yeah, Todd Monken, he's going to be the new OC for the Ravens there. But the Panthers, dude, putting together a nice little coaching staff here. Obviously, Frank Reich, he's bringing over Deuce Staley as the assistant head coach and running uh, running backs coach. They're bringing in Jim Caldwell. He's going to be a senior assistant there. And Dave, they liked Ajiro Avero so much, the Panthers are going to play a 3-4 base defense for him. Wow. That is a, a, a really nice staff coming together for Frank Reich. I thought he got uh, really a raw deal uh, from Ursay and the Colts, and I'm really happy that he landed on his feet. And this looks like a really good situation for Frank Reich and this Panther squad. Yeah, add a couple draft picks there. It's going to be a, a nice situation if they find the quarterback there. Bucks hired Dave Canales as their OC. He uh, he really helped Geno get back and have such a great season there <clears throat> in Seattle. So uh, see if he can work some mojo there uh, in Tampa with the QB TBD. Yeah, and, uh, and the Finns get um, their defensive coordinator. Their new defensive coordinator is an old dude, but he's still got something left in the tank, right, Case? I guess so. I don't know. He was supposedly helping the Eagles uh, prep for the Super Bowl. We're talking about Vic Fangio. That didn't go so well, but uh, the Dolphins are hoping that he can do a little bit better there. And the Saints, um, they hired Joe Woods as their defensive coordinator, too. So uh, tons of coordinator talk this offseason. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, it's been insane. Like half the league has got new offensive or defensive coordinators or both. Speaking of the commanders, hire the enemy out of the shadow of Andy Reid. He has been uh, interviewed for countless head coaching positions, but the reason no, he never seems to get it for one reason or another is that people don't credit him directly for what that Kansas City offense has been able to accomplish. This gets him away from Andy Reid and gives everyone a chance to see that he's solely in charge. Ron Rivera, their head coach, is a defensive guy, so it's going to be the enemy's gig on offense we'll see what they can do yeah and you know it's it's going to be very interesting to see what happens there there's talk about uh the commandos being sold so how in love with rivera will new ownership be if there is new ownership so um, time will tell dude matt Nagy didn't find it too awesome out from under the shadow of andy reed so um maybe the enemy finds it a little better out there. I'm hoping not because I don't like the commandos, but um, <laughs> we'll see. Time will tell. Yeah. Casey also a little uh, move on the chargers part. They lose 
uh, defensive coordinator, Ronaldo Hill. He's joining the Dolphins as their passing game coordinator. And then the Chargers uh, look to be promoting from within. Derek Ansley will be their new defensive coordinator. He's been uh, coaching defensive backs for the last two seasons on the Chargers. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that all pans out. And additionally, Casey, moving on to the Colts. Hey, nothing wrong with the little Jim Bob Cooter in the mix, right? Yeah, Dave, I can see your Cooter. Jim Bob, he's the OC in Indy, man. And if nothing else, it's just fun to say Jim Bob Cooter. <laughs> Sounds like a city slicker, don't he? <laughs> will tell you what, Casey, Jim Bob Cooter, bringing his uh, newfangled ideas on offense uh, to uh, join Steichen. He won't be uh, calling the plays there. Steichen will be in charge of that case. All right. That is a lot. I'm, uh, we probably overlooked uh, a dude or two that got hired because there's so many of them uh, that came uh, about here lately. But uh, let's move the show forward, Casey. Um, we are, are talking about the um, franchise tags. Um, and the exclusive, the non-exclusive, the transition tags, that that opportunity for teams to slap a tag onto a player started on February 1st, that is yesterday, and it'll go for a couple of weeks through March 7th. And um, I mean, there's a handful of players, Casey, that um, are in in the mix here, but yet early on, we have no news as to anybody being tagged. Yeah, it's crazy. They would push the show back so we could talk about, you know, these players getting the franchise tag. And so far, absolutely zero. And there's a handful of really quality players out there that um, are probably going to get the tag. It just happened. didn't happen yet. And it's weird that um, it's so slow rolling on this. I'm assuming as soon as we're done recording that um, news is going to break and we'll hear it. But it's really, you know, the biggest uh, crown jewel out there is Lamar Jackson and the speculation on what's going to happen and the ramifications of what finally does happen with him are going to have, you know, reverberations throughout the league and maybe the way stuff is done in the future, man. This is a big deal. Yeah, he's trying to hold out for the fully guaranteed contract that the Browns gave to Deshaun Watson. Uh, The Ravens are clearly not in the mood to um, to do that. They would have already given him that deal. Uh, if that was all it took. So there is a serious um, philosophical philosophical gap between what the player slash agent want um, for Lamar and what the team is willing to give. There's the exclusive, which would give him the highest salary that would give nobody the chance to negotiate with him. The non-exclusive was a slightly lesser salary and the opportunity for teams to uh, to bid on him and then they could match it or take two first rounders in, in, uh, in exchange. And then a transition tag, which seems unlikely for them to use um, is a lesser uh, amount of money, but um, they don't get any compensation back if they decide not to match a contract that he signs for another team. But all of this presupposes Casey, that some other team is willing to get a contract in front of Lamar that he's actually going to sign because it seems like he is got his feet dug in in this yeah and he's representing himself so i don't know if that's the best idea when uh, such a mammoth decision and contract is uh you know in front of him but you know you're saving 10 to 12 percent so maybe that is a good thing but you know the rest of the league doesn't want a team jumping up and giving him the fully guaranteed you know they're whispering uh in league circles what a crap deal the Deshaun Watson contract was for the rest of the league. I mean, yep. yeah, it, it's, it it's setting a terrible precedent. It is what it is. It, yeah. The, the Browns were, uh, you know, 
they were out of the mix in that deal. And that that was the contract uh, that was required to bring him in. Uh, the rest of the league, none too happy with that, especially with a handful of quarterbacks, Herbert, Burrow, uh, Hertz, all looking to get big money contracts. Um, and then, of course, there is a huge roadblock with that particular contract out there, um, sort of tainting the whole waters there. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And plus, you know, with Saquon and Tony Pollard out there, um, there's so many running backs available. Are you going to throw down the franchise tag on one of these guys? Um, For me, I would like to see Pollard sign like a three-year deal, make it, you know, top-heavy, and hopefully get him signed up for a a few years. But, uh, you know, it's all TBD right now, so we'll know more in the next few days. Yeah, all these franchise numbers are pretty large. So, I'm sure teams would rather um, not lock up all that cap money in one season yeah. and prefer they would prefer the flexibility of a multi-year deal where they can manipulate the money a little bit more uh, to their liking. All right, Casey, uh, if you are uh, not in the franchise tag business, fear not, because the NFL scouting combine is around the corner um, coming right up. Yeah, you know, uh, you look at those, that's uh, March 2nd through the 5th in uh, Indy at Lucas Oil Stadium. So you get to decide if you want to try to get one of these young bucks before the free agent period starts um, a couple weeks later. And Dave, I love this, the uh, legal tampering. <laughs> yeah, legal tampering, Casey, would be starting Monday, March 13th, just a couple weeks after that combine, where there will be some tampering going on, mind you, when all of those uh, coaches and their staffs and uh, agents and such are all uh, hovering around that stadium in Indianapolis. The actual so con- contracts will be uh, conjured up, certainly. And then Wednesday, March 15th, a couple of days after that legal tampering period, will officially bring, free, uh, bring the free, agents, free agency period onto us. And that is a pretty exciting time period as we see some big name players will, be, will certainly be moving around. Oh, hell yeah. And you know the football dudes will have you covered on all that sweet, sweet free agency action. Oh, yeah, baby. (laughs) All right, Casey. Speaking of coverage, we uh, have uh, gotten our first dose of spring football uh, for 2023. It was the XFL debuted uh, last weekend. What did you like? Um, I liked a lot of stuff about it. Um, The kickoff situation is pretty good. If you didn't watch the games, the kicker still is at the 30 but the linemen are on the other side of the field, five yards apart, and their turn man can't touch the ball until it goes past the 20. Once he gets the ball, then those guys can converge. It takes out those huge collisions, yep. Dave, which is where most guys get injured. I think this is something we could possibly see in the NFL sooner than later. So far, I thought the returns are pretty good. Yeah, and I think they said they, they had a 97% return rate versus the NFL, which is like less than 10%. So it's a lot more action if you liked the, the kick return instead of a touchback, which I'm pretty sure is almost a unanimous thing out there for most teams. You want to watch your guys get a chance to return the, you know, return the football. So it's a much more exciting play, no doubt about it. Yeah, and you have to, uh, when you're punting, the punt has to stay inbounds. If it doesn't or if it goes into the end zone, you get it at the 35, man. So Yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> that's forcing a, a, a return there, too. And what I also like, Dave, is the extra point situation. You can go for one from the two. You can go for two from the five-yard line. Or you can go for three from the 10-yard line. So, you know, 
you're down by 18. No problem, dude. <laughs> exactly. The, the I don't know if that will ever sneak its way into the NFL, but it certainly is entertaining uh, in this particular format in this league. I, I'm, I'm all for it and for the experimentation. I think this is a great opportunity. Again, I'm not sure that three-point conversion is ever going to make it into the NFL, but hey, that's pretty exciting, man. Um, anything you know else? What? Yeah, the the onside kick. When if you're down in right. the fourth quarter and there's right. less than I think two minutes left, you can go for a fourth and fifteen. We actually saw this in the Battlehawks game. Um, they converted that onside kick and went down and scored uh, the touchdown and got the game winner. So we saw it all in place in one of these games. Overall, the quarterback play was pretty decent. There's mm-hmm. definitely some names out there that you know, some guys yeah. that have spent time on NFL rosters. So I'm yeah. hoping this thing works out. But, Dave, it's got to take um, more involvement from the NFL. And you can see that ESPN and ABC are more involved with this. But these owners got to let some of those third-string quarterbacks get down there and get reps in these games. They got to let some of these fringe offensive linemen get in here and get these game reps. That's the only way you're going to see this improve. And the NFL needs more quarterbacks and offensive linemen. I think we can agree on that. No question. And and, uh, not only do those guys get reps, but the commentators get to practice up. The officials get some um, some more opportunities and uh, all of those things. We're developing talent. Yeah. Speaking of officials, I love the transparency on replay. I know the NFL will never do this, but it was good going into the booth and seeing what they were looking at, hearing what they were looking at. Um, I think that would make fans uh, a lot happier in NFL games when you're like, how could they overturn that? Why didn't they? You know, seeing the process really helped a lot. And I know we watched all these games, Dave, but not everybody did. Actually, numbers were down quite a bit. Yeah, in fact, uh, you mentioned it, Casey, down substantially over the last iteration of the XFL, down substantially from um, the uh, USFL as well. So and then this year, they're going to have to be competing against the USFL when it comes to mid-April. So the uh, yeah, the audience was not there for it, but hey, it's, it's, you know, that was week one. So we'll see if they can keep it going. Yeah. And it might've been a little too close to the, to the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. I know that we were yeah. stoked to have something to fill that void, but everybody's not a sicko like us. So um, they might've need a little, you know, maybe two weeks before it started, but hopefully the numbers do what they did last week. If not improve, I'm hoping they improve. All right, Casey, that I guess is going to do it for the spring league. Let's go ahead and move it on to a, you know, the dust is settled. We've had a chance to to sort of reflect upon this Super Bowl. That was, of course, Super Bowl 57 with the Chiefs defeating the Eagles by a score of 38 to 35. I know as soon as that um, game ended, Casey, I was ready for the XFL to begin. That's the side <laughs> note, though. I digress. <laughs> but we're talking about this game. Let's go back and we'll talk about some of the things that st- stood out to us. Initially, right off the bat, I, I got to complain about this slippery field. What the heck's going on with that? That was not good for either defense. And I think it really diminished the opportunity for the pass rushes to get after it. Yeah, dude, there's no excuse for them to be slipping all over the place on that. It's like they spent $800,000 on that field. So crap, dude. They could have given me a chunk of that, and I'd found them much better grass to play on. I can find <laughs> grass for people, Dave. You, yeah. you catch my drift, but yeah, yeah I hear no, you, that was a problem for both teams, especially like 
with that pass rush of the Eagles, man, it was, you know, I don't know if that was only why it was non-existent, but it definitely played a part. Receivers were slipping, backs were slipping. So, um, you know, Vegas, I don't know if they have grass or it's an artificial, I think it's grass there. They, uh, they better learn from this and go shopping elsewhere. No question about it, Casey. In a lot of ways, Case, though, let's get into the action here. It was kind of a tale of two halves. And when it really uh, got things going, it started off, we were wondering if Jalen Hurts could and the Eagles could do what they had been doing all season long with their uh, dominant run game. And it wasn't so much the running backs, but Hurts himself was really, really effective early on in that in that game. Yeah, dude, the first half, man, it was all Jalen Hurts. That opening drive just went right down there, converting on third downs. And fourth downs was a theme that the the Eagles would play while they did it all season, but they were really good at doing that in the first half of this ball game. They go down, get the quick score. Um, but after that, dude, KC came down yep. and they lit Answer. it up. Yep. It was, so fireworks right from the get-go. Um, Kansas City forces a punt. They get the ball back. They're driving, miss a field goal, and that would have put them up, but they wouldn't uh, they didn't go up on that estate at 7-7, and uh, they wouldn't get a lead until later in this thing. And then that's kind of when Philly started taking off. Well, yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, the, the A.J. Brown 45-yard touchdown there, that was phenomenal. Uh, and um, unfortunately, uh, the biggest, probably certainly in my mind, the biggest play of the game, um, it's sitting there uh, with 14-7 to Eagles, and it was following a false start where the Eagles went from third and one to third and six. Uh, they decided to, to, to do the quarterback keeper. And that's the play that hurts fumbles the football and it's returned uh, 36 yards by Nick Bolton for a touchdown that tied the game up. And it, it, at that point it's 14 all. And it's like, Oh man, this is a game. All right. But it really felt like it should have been more in favor for the Eagles for what they had accomplished on the field. The scoreboard didn't, didn't really reflect that. No, yeah, that fumble, like you said, that got the game tied up. They had yeah. Kansas City really after that first drive wasn't doing a whole bunch. I mean, they missed a field goal, but they had no points. And you know, Philly was looking to go up twenty-one to seven, but that fumble got the game tied. Yeah. And uh, even with that, they still fought off that Kansas City um, comeback there. I think at the end of the first half, the uh, the the Chiefs had had twenty plays. And the Eagles had 17 first downs. I mean, they were destroying them on yeah. the time of possession in this Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. It was approximately three to one. We don't, you know, roughly something like that, like 22 and a half minutes to seven and a half minutes or something like that. It was definitely shaping up to be um, an Eagles game, even despite that, that big, big turnover for that was immediately capitalized into a touchdown. Um, but uh, obviously the second half came along. Well, you know, even before that, dude, Jalen, I mean, uh, Patrick Mahomes getting crunched down there with like a oh, minute yeah. and a half left in the first. Right. Uh, the half is kind of crawling to the sideline. He's wailing. He's hey. grimacing, doing all that stuff. You're like, oh, my God, the Eagles, a 10-point lead, and maybe Patrick Mahomes is not going to play in this second half. You're feeling pretty good if you're an Eagle fan watching Rihanna. No, no doubt about it, Casey. And then the second half came. And the the Chiefs just tightened it up, man. No penalties, no turnovers, no no punts, no uh, sacks taken. Just an incompletion. After Mahomes got his hurt, ankle hurt there at the end of the first half, he went 13 to 14 for 92 yards and two touchdowns. Pretty much a flawless second half. The numbers were very modest, 
but the percentage was high and the quarterback rating with passer rating was something like 131 or something like so ultimately the it wasn't the gaudy numbers that we're accustomed to seeing with this chiefs offense but it was very efficient play from Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and the huge punt return uh, by Tony gave them a short field there. And then the two corn dog plays, man, I've never seen two receivers that wide open yep. from inside the 10. Like, you freeze frame those. There's no defenders around Tony or Sky Moore on those play calls. They had seen that, and they really schemed against that Eagles defense. And, uh, you know... They they got they got called out on that and they got busted for it. So um, big time, dude. And you got to give a lot of credit, obviously, to to Eric Bieniemy. No, Andy Reid. Andy Reid deciding those <laughs> plays. Casey, the guy's a freaking mastermind. Um, and I'll tell you what, that he he schemed those up. You're absolutely right. They saw something they liked and they knew uh, that they could get their guys running clean like that. And you got to give uh, Andy Reid and his genius, you know, uh, offensive mind a ton of credit. Uh, for burning that defense. That was the number one secondary in the NFL uh, last season. Uh, and they were you know, damn good, but they got burned pretty bad. And then, you know, as aggressive as Sirianni has been all year long, a couple questionable plays there in the second half, right before that Kadarius Tony punt return, they had a third and two. And instead of roll, running the football, which Jalen Hurts, you know, he didn't have a great day running, but he was getting at least two yards a clip every time. Third yeah. and two, run the damn ball right scrum, there. They could just run that right? That quarterback sneak scrum for an easy two. They right? decided to pass it, and it didn't work out. The big punt return. And then later in that game, on the fourth and two, they decided to kick the field goal and go up by six instead of uh, going for it on fourth and two. Calling the scrum, dude. Where's the scrum? You know what yeah. I mean? Like a six-point lead is no better than three. It's almost right. worse because as a Charger you, fan, I have I have <laughs> seen that game before, right? Over right? and over again. You go up by six on them late, you're losing that football game. Mahomes knows how to take care of business in that circumstance. They needed to be up by more than one score, not yeah. less than a touchdown. Yeah, you know, but the they get the Chiefs get the lead up by eight. Eagles come back down. Tie that thing up on the two-pointer. Yeah. Then uh, Kansas City come back down. Obviously, the defensive holding call. Um, Huge. If you're whatever, you know, 50% of the teams hate the call every time. Um, if you're a Chiefs fan, you love it. Yeah. And if you're an Eagles fan, you hate it. Um, you know, it is what it is at that point. Maybe would have had a great ending. Who knows what would have happened. But uh, you're going to call the penalty right there. If it's an offside, if it's in a false start, whatever, it, you have to call it. I'm not like, oh, swallow your whistle there. I don't care yeah, if it's no, PR. But it's it, this wasn't a, as clear-cut as, a, a, as really a false start or um, an, a defensive offsides. It is still of a judgment call. And it certainly was by the letter of the law holding, but you see, you see holding on every play. So uh, I could see the, the complaining on it being, you know, that I'm rooting for the Eagles myself. Uh, I saw the, I saw the play though. You know, if you don't want the officials to call it, then you don't do any holding at all there and you don't get the call. So um, bottom line is uh, it happened. They called it. And then you have to live with the results, which was, the Chiefs were able to grind that clock out, give credit to the coaching and to uh, Jarek McKinnon, uh, knowing that uh, it was time to go down in that play rather than yeah. score a touchdown and give Jalen Hurts and the Eagles the football back. They were able to go down there, grind out that clock and sc uh, score the game winning field goal. Um, it's just it was a clinic really in yeah. uh, in end game uh, coaching. 
I know the irony, dude, if uh, Bradbury doesn't hold right there and he gets roasted for a touchdown, they're at least going to have a chance to tie the game and potentially go for two at the end and win it. So um, it sucks. It's not the storybook ending that we would want, but it was still a sweet game. And you couldn't ask for more than that in a Super Bowl, you know, a tie game laid in there and, you know, a three point win. So close. No doubt about it. And plenty of points scored. Uh, when all said and done, uh, 73 total points. So hell of a hell of a ball game, right? Absolutely. And Casey, you know what? Uh, these both these GMs deserve a ton of credit for putting these teams together, uh, both through the draft and free agency, acquiring players one way or another. Um, but they are going to have their hands full. Specifically, more importantly, or more more so, uh, the Eagles than the Chiefs, because there are a number of free agents for both of these squads there. Uh, they're going to be out there and they're they're going to be possibly lost. Oh, yeah. For Philly, Bradbury, Cox, Gardner, Johnson, Brandy, Graham, Hargrave, Kelsey, Miles Sanders. What are you going to do with Jalen Hurts? You're going to make him, you know, wait. Or are you going to get him signed and get that deal done as soon as possible? So yep. they do have a lot of draft picks. And then on the other side, dude, the Chiefs, so many draft picks in this game guys yeah. that are under contract for cheap right. are still going to be there dude yeah they have a handful of guys orlando brown jared mckinnon juju smith schuster mccall hardman but they can lose all those guys and grab a couple of dudes and they'll Next. be fine <laughs> yeah they're they're um <laughs> their team is young they have drafted exceptionally well trading the cheetah uh they cashed in on seemingly every pick that they've gotten um and that is a extremely talented young football team. Some of those guys are going to be under controlled contracts for three, four, five more years. And dude, they have Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl MVP, dude. And I believe if you put Mahomes on any other team in the playoffs, that team would have won the Super Bowl. This guy is just next level, man. Impressive to see what he did. And, um, you know, he's, uh, he's living large, baby. Did you see in the, the, uh, the parade, he got he he'd had a couple bevies and he handed that guy the trophy and started walking off to something. <laughs> Didn't know what he was doing. He's like, oh, here's Super Bowl trophy. I'm going back to the bus. Pretty good stuff. <laughs> I was not watching Casey. I'm, I'm sorry. I must have somehow missed, missed the yeah. parade. <laughs> there was lots of red. <laughs> I'm sure. See you, Fred. All right, Casey. Um, uh, now officially that Super Bowl is behind us, but there is another Super Bowl on the horizon. It's Super Bowl 58, Casey. And it's no shocker that the Chiefs are the favorite at plus 500, followed by the Bills. San Francisco with the best odds uh, in the NFC at plus 700, followed by the Bengals, Eagles, Cowboys, Chargers, Ravens, Packers, Bucks, Jags, Lions. And Dave, if you got some money to, you know, out there, Mm -hmm. uh, Houston Texans, plus 12,000. Woo! Hey, that sounds like a pretty good $10 bet. (laughs) Yeah, why not, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Throw it away. Throw it away. All right, Casey. It is the off season coming up, as we know, Casey, but we do have a couple of things on tap. Oh, yeah, baby. You know we're going to be all over this free agency action and the draft, baby. Oh, yeah. It's like Christmas in April. The football <laughs> dudes love the draft, and we're going to have you guys covered for it. Oh, yeah. All right. So many ways you can check out the football dudes, the trend zone podcast you're listening to now available for subscription on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, amazon music wherever you get your podcast casey 
Like us on Instagram and Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Football Dudes LA. And make sure you tag us across all social media platforms. Or go to footballdudes.com. It's all there for you. That is going to do it for this episode of the Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football. For Casey, I'm Dave, and we are out of here. Thank you.